On Easter Sunday in 1981, a local photographer set his camera on a tripod close to the cliff edge at Beachy Head, the highest chalk sea cliff in Britain. He was hoping to take some stunning photographs of the south coast when a 19-year-old boy approached him, pointed at the camera and said, I hope you've got that loaded. The boy then walked away, turned on his heel and ran at the edge, yelling madly as he jumped to his death. Beachy Head is the most notorious spot for suicide in Britain. The chalk cliff rises 531 metres above sea level. The famous white cliffs of chalk were formed in the late Cretaceous era between 66 and 100 million years ago, when the entire area was submerged under the sea. When the last ice age ended, the sea levels rose and the English Channel was formed, cutting into the chalk and forming dramatic cliffs along the coastline. The grassland of the Downlands provides one of Britain's richest wildlife habitats and people go there for bracing and scenic coastal walks. It falls within the South Downs National Park. Interestingly, the location was used as the setting for the music video of the David Bowie song Ashes to Ashes. In 1894... Infamous black magician Alistair Crowley scaled the chalk headlands cliff, as he notes in his autobiography. What's perhaps less generally known about this infamous occultist, along with his escapades in the dark art of the occult and his scandalously debauched lifestyle, is that he was also an exceptionally accomplished and rather daring and courageous rock climber and mountaineer. He'd climbed Everest... Well, in July 1894, he and his cousin Gregor Grant scaled the towering pinnacle of a cliff at Beachy Head called the Devil's Chimney. His climb was recorded in the Scottish Mountaineering Club Journal and featured in the national press. In his autobiography, he wrote, My grand passion was Beachy Head. The fantastic beauty of the cliffs can never be understood by anyone who has not grappled them. Chalk is probably the most dangerous and difficult of all kinds of rock to try and climb, he says. One can hardly ever be sure that any given hold is secure. In wet weather, the chalk forms a paste which clogs the boots and makes footholds impossible. But for all that, many of my happiest days have been spent on the face in the article Climbing the British Isles by W.P.H. Smith and H.C. Hart, Crowley is described as the authority on Beachy Head. In an interview for the Pall Mall Gazette in 1899, Crowley is described as having climbed so recently as the week after Whitsuntide, when two persons met their deaths upon this treacherous chalk. Crowley spent much time there, it seems, in the late 1800s. He says, For weeks I slept in a mummery tent on one of the traverses. He also claims to have experienced a strange phenomenon on Beachy Head. He says, One day I went up with my mother and took her to the grass traverse. 
It was a scramble to reach from the top of the cliff, but down by descending a narrow gully called Etheldra's Walk. I put her in a comfortable position where she could sketch and went off to do some climbing on the devil's chimney. He says, The general contour of the cliff is here convex, so that I was entirely out of her sight, besides being a quarter of a mile away. Such breeze as there was, was blowing from the southwest, that is, from me to her. I was trying to make a new climb on the west of the Devil's Chimney, and had got some distance down, when I distinctly heard her crying for help. At this time, I had no acquaintance with psychic phenomena, yet I recognised the call as of this type, that is, I had a direct intuition that it was so. It was not merely that it seemed improbable that it could be normal audition. I did not know at the time for certain that this was impossible, though it was afterwards proved to be so. I had no reason for supposing the danger to be urgent, but I rushed madly to the top of the cliff, along it and down to the grass traverse. I reached her in time to save her life, though there were not many seconds to spare. She had shifted her position to get a better view and had wandered off the traverse onto steep, dusty, crumbling slopes. She'd begun to slip, got frightened, and done the worst possible thing, that is, had sat down. She'd been slipping by inches and was on the brink of a cliff when I reached her. She had actually cried for help at the time when I heard her, as nearly as I could judge, but, as explained above, it was physically impossible for me to have done so. I regard this incident as very extraordinary indeed. I have never taken much stock in the regular stories of people appearing at a distance at the moment of death and so on, nor does the fact of something so similar, having actually happened to me, make me inclined to believe such stories. I cannot offer any explanation apart from the conventional magical theory that a supreme explosion of will is sometimes able to set forces in motion which cannot be invoked in ordinary circumstances. Well, having saved her life, he then remonstrates with himself for saving it, for of course he was known as the wickedest man alive, and he'd gone against this self-embraced label to save his own mother's life, and he chides himself. What made his mother get up from her safe position, well away from the cliff edges, to end up virtually falling off the edge of the cliff, isn't quite known. But there is something really strange about the area of Beachy Head. Well, before we move on, what else did Crowley do at this site other than climb? Did he, as some believe, cast a spell upon the site that would go on forever to influence people to harm themselves there? Crowley writes of how, on one occasion, a policeman came upon him on the beach below when he was, as he describes, fantastically garbed and dancing and howling in the moonlight on the silvery, silvery sands, howling, whistling, and bring forth the barbarous names of invocation around a furiously flaming bonfire whose sparks whirled all over the beach. Well, in 2001, the Eastbourne local newspaper wrote, an evil spell laid on Eastbourne does not seem so far to have taken effect, the borough council's leader confirmed to BBC Radio 4 today's programme this morning. They were referring to Crowley. The curse had been laid by the celebrity Satanist, they said, who said that if a cliff formation at Beachy Head, known as the Devil's Chimney, fell, evil would strike the town. 
Well, the rock fell down last week, they say, due to erosion. Eastbourne Council leader Graham Marsden told the radio programme that, to date, all seems well and the town is looking forward to the summer season. The town, with its beach and cliffs and surrounding National Park, is highly popular as a holiday destination for British people. However, the newspaper continues, to be on the safe side, local white witch Kevin Carline has performed a spell to safeguard Eastbourne, which Carline explains more about the supposed curse Crowley placed on Beachy Head in 1897 on his website. He says, when Crowley climbed the point of rock at the foot of Beachy Head called the Devil's Chimney, he got stuck near the top and had to be rescued by local peasants who took the mickey out of him. So Crowley laid a curse that when the Devil's Chimney collapsed, all hell, fire and brimstone would befall the town of Eastbourne. When the Devil's Chimney did collapse in 2001, Witch Carline says he was called in by a local leading figure to perform an exorcism on the top of Beachy Head to allay local fears. Interestingly, Alistair Crowley was also rumoured to have held demonic rituals at the Devil's Chimney as part of a group of clandestine occultists who were trying to sway the outcome of World War II for Winston Churchill by preventing the Nazis from invading the British Isles by landing on its beaches on the south coast. The name Beachy Head is believed to be a corruption of the original French words meaning beautiful headland. The district in which it lies, East Dean, is recorded as being connected to Nuna, king of the Saxons, in 689. In past centuries, Beachy Head's coastal prominence always made it a highly popular spot upon which to create shipwrecks. The high cliffs and rock-filled sea were extremely dangerous to passing ships. Very often, fog coming down over the sea would shroud the cliffs in obscurity and hide the treacherous landscape. In 1692, a reverend by the name of Jonathan Darby, whose duty included the burial of all sailors who had washed up on the beaches, led him to become driven with the need to try to save the sailors from being shipwrecked. Not all of the shipwrecks were caused by the fog and storms. Many were caused deliberately, as it became an area rife for smugglers. Smuggling grew increasingly popular in the coastal areas around England because taxes were high and imported goods were subjected to these high taxes and the tax was levied on many everyday essentials like tea and ale. The smuggling activity drew many people from the local area to come together to assist the smugglers, as without them, they could simply not afford to buy these staple items. Apparently, rather ingeniously, but ultimately fatally for the sailors, the locals would attach lanterns to grazing sheep on the nearby hills to give the impression that these were lights from ships so that the sailors would believe they were far out to sea, far from land. The result, of course, was that this deception led to ships often running aground on the deadly jagged rocks of the coastline and sink, leaving their floating booty for the smugglers to raid. 
the Reverend knew that only a stable, steady, reliable light would alert sailors that land was indeed very close. The Reverend took action by having a cave excavated, and within this cave he crafted a tall chimney in which he could display a tall standing light as a steadfast beacon that would alert the sailors. The Reverend himself guarded that light night after night, spent inside the cave on his own, keeping the light glowing bright to ensure as many lives as possible could be saved by this makeshift lighthouse. In more recent decades, ship's navigation systems come into being and the lights from the lighthouse became automatic so that they no longer required the lighthouse keepers to stand watch. But back in the earlier centuries, the smuggling was rife. Any ships that were wrecked upon the cliffs, which had been fooled by the lights attached to the sheep, meant that the ship's bounty would be smuggled ashore and sold off cheaply to the local people. The ghosts of many drowned sailors, and indeed smugglers, who were caught in the fierce waves as they tried to steal the bounty, are said to still linger here in spirit, although it's also said that a vengeful monk lurks in this territory too. In Henry VIII's reign, the king ransacked the monastery in nearby Wilmington during the Reformation, and the monk was one of the few who survived the massacre of the monks who lived there. A nobleman, good Sir Robert, had betrayed the monks to the king by telling him their location. The surviving monk cursed Sir Robert. He fled, still shackled, but the king's men caught up with him, and they hurled him off the top of Beachy Head to his death. The legend goes that this vengeful monk now tries to lure people to jump off the top of the cliffs by beckoning them and calling to them. The Eastbourne Guide says the monk approaches lonely or sad visitors and points over the edge of the cliff, encouraging those he encounters to take their own lives. Many have reported the same unsettling feeling of being compelled to walk over the edge. There is also the ghost of a farmer's wife who walks to the edge with a baby in her arms, then disappears. Other ghosts seen at Beachy Head include a female dressed in Victorian clothes, whose ghosts can be seen walking towards the cliff and then over the edge. And on other occasions, a dapper gentleman is seen carrying a walking stick. He walks over the edge of the cliff and disappears. A young woman in a grey dress, believed to be the ghost of a Victorian suicide victim, has also been seen there. The earliest reports of death by suicide at Beachy Head come from the 7th century, when farmers threw themselves over the cliff after bad harvests to placate the gods. In 1953, a huge exorcism was carried out by the cliffs by a medium Ray DeVK, president of Peacehaven Sussex Spiritualist Church. More than a hundred people attended the ceremony, many carrying huge wooden crosses, their figures lit up by the flashing of the lighthouse. John Rimmer, 
editor of Magonia magazine in 1996, says of this spiritualist exorcism. The real drama came when medium de Vecay cried out that he saw a bearded man with a flowing robe, a cowl like a monk. He is calling us fools. Fools, I will sweep you over. Then de Vecay began to struggle towards the cliff edge. Then the medium began to laugh wildly and had to be restrained from going over the cliff. Later, he would allege that he had been pulled or lured to this certain destruction by an elderly monk with his arms and legs in irons. The monk, he said, was wearing a black habit with black markings on the back of it. This thing wants revenge, said the medium. His consolation was a sure feeling that the evil influence had been driven from the place. However, just three weeks later, Beachy Head claimed yet another suicide victim, or self-murder, as Magonia magazine calls it, says John Makin. Devakay claimed, this was the strongest influence I've ever encountered. It seemed impelled towards the cliff edge. The spectre, who was of someone chained, perhaps the victim of a sacrifice, who has wished ill to all ever since. Well, this incident alone led to the name, the horror of Beachy Head because the exorcists had claimed that he was pulled along by this force to be thrown off the cliff, and only didn't get thrown off because there were so many people there to pull him back. Writes the Scotsman magazine of Beachy Head, Kevin Carline, the self-styled high priest of British witches, has argued for many years in a welter of pamphlets that Beachy Head is at the nexus of several malignant ley lines. It has been established that often, along ley lines, paranormal manifestations do seem to be more frequent than at other locations who don't have this confluence of ley lines. Although, of course, this can't be scientifically proven. Which Carlion says, I believe there is some sort of spiritual energy there as well, like in the Greek mythology of the sirens, used to sing the sailors to the rocks. And I believe that this place calls out the souls of people. People think that they can walk off the edge and just keep on walking. He talks to the former district coroner, John Surtees, who says, There are a few characteristic features of the suicides that come here to Beachy Head, for it is the foremost spot in England for people to kill themselves. He says that these suicides, they have a look at the edge walk back a few metres, usually take off a couple of items of clothing, often piling them up tidily, and then usually, at a run, they jump over. Volunteer John Bridger is on call to help recover the bodies that end up lying broken beneath the 530-foot cliff. As a volunteer coast guard, he's recovered 250 bodies. He says every person who jumps off Beachy Head leaves a trail of grief and devastation. He describes one particularly harrowing day when he was off duty. He was enjoying taking a walk along the cliff top with a girlfriend when he saw a car close to the edge of the cliff with its engine running. Oh no, I thought, after a while you get a sixth sense about these things and start worrying. A teenage girl was sat at the wheel 
I tried to speak to her, but she refused to look at me. Look, I'm really worried about you, I said after a few minutes. I'm going to call the police. It was then that she put her foot down and drove straight over the edge. My friend was screaming at her to stop. She, my friend, needed counselling after that. I don't think she'll ever forget it. Neither of us will. At her inquest, I told her parents, I'm sorry, but I couldn't save her. Novelist Louis de Bernier writes, This beautiful place openly invites us to die. All about are the wisps and traces of broken hearts, cancelled dreams, abandoned expectations. High among the chalk crags, where the wind always howls, dwells the most malevolent spirit in Britain, says John Malkin. It's an evil influence that it is claimed, has hurled more than a hundred victims over the edge to their deaths, on the cruel waved-lashed rocks below. Many people have positively stated, some under oath, that they have felt the evil influence on the cliffs. They claim that they had to combat, violently, a power that attempted to force them over the edge to their doom. A few years ago, a girl stumbled back hysterically from the head and up to a patrolling policeman. She said that while she was resting on the cliffs, a dark shadow suddenly descended around her. She said she felt herself in a strange, dank atmosphere, even though the sun was shining brightly at the time. She got up and began to run, and she later said, Some huge and menacing form seemed to follow me, driving me towards the edge of the cliffs, screaming for help. She turned and ran from the cliffs. In June 2018, the Daily Mail reported three more bodies found at foot of Beachy Head, bringing the total to ten in a fortnight. The gruesome discoveries, they said, were not thought to be linked to each other. The remains of seven people in total were found last week, they said, including a mother and her son. All had jumped off the cliff. In 2018, the local council banned families of suicide victims from leaving shrines there amidst fears that by doing so, it could encourage other people to end their lives there. In March 2018, a father and his two young sons were found dead at the foot of the cliff. A mother and her five-year-old son were also found after a suspected murder-suicide. On June 13, 2018... Police officers and coast guards were called to Beachy Head after a group of foreign students reported seeing a person go over the cliff edge. As that person's body was being recovered by a coast guard's helicopter crew, they found a second body close by. People walking along the base of the cliffs then reported the discovery of a third body. In November of the same year, a man drove his car over the cliff edge. In 2017, a gifted teacher and linguist committed suicide by falling from the clifftop. A volunteer for the Beachy Head Chaplaincy Team, a charity which has been patrolling the cliff since 2004, said, I noticed a person on the cliff edge at 10.55am. I tried to engage with her and she told me she was fine. She told me to go away and proceeded to lay down on the cliff edge. So I asked a colleague to call 999. I tried to engage with her again. Then she turned and rolled over the cliff edge. Louis de Bernier, writing in The Independent, says, There was a young man who drove over on a motorcycle, shouting Geronimo as he went. One man simply handed his driving licence to a passerby and then ran off over the cliff. 
one woman very politely asked a passing coast guard if he would mind giving her a push off the cliff. Each time I approached the cliff, says de Bernier, I felt myself drawn over, and a terrifying sickness took me at the stomach and throat. I've never felt this anywhere else, even when mountaineering, and I wonder how many people might have been hypnotised into committing suicide unintentionally. This beautiful place openly invites you to die. One particularly flamboyant case, reported in The Scotsman, occurred on Easter Sunday 1981, when a local photographer set his camera on a tripod close to the cliff edge. A 19-year-old youth approached, pointed at the camera and said, I hope you've got that loaded. The boy then walked away, turned on his heel and ran at the cliff edge. A person called Kespa writes on TripAdvisor, Very beautiful yet eerie atmospheric place. A very scenic view across the Seven Sisters, but it is haunted. Beware the black monk. I'm an older man, and in my teens I knew of a woman who was lured to the edge by this ghost. It is not a myth. In this cursed place of world beauty, the plentiful suicides continue unabated. (laughs) 